Hello and welcome to the Appertons Podcast. This is my monthly moment to expose the real and raw truth about birth through chatting with epic women about their birth experience, showing just how different birth can be. This month I'm talking to Rhiannon and I would usually next go into a quick rundown of what's happening with Appertons this month. However, to be honest, there's not a lot. It is December in 2021 and Yeah, I'm just giving myself a little bit of a break for the month and kind of getting myself ready for a big year ahead because 2022 is going to be epic. So I'm excited for this break to gather my thoughts, allow my creative juices to fly. However, I am a bit nervous because I'm really, really going to miss you guys like so much, but we will make up for it next year because... In 2022, we are going to be not only doing heaps more appetence birth workshops and more body balance workshops, we will also be introducing pregnancy Pilates and postnatal Pilates, which I am so excited for and I actually think is going to be such a great added to your pregnancy and postnatal care. And now let's get into what this episode is about. So as I said, we're speaking to Rhiannon and she is an Appertons mama who was so dedicated, so consistent and passionate towards doing everything she could to have a normal birth experience. And man, her efforts were so rewarded with such a beautiful Appertons stimulating birth, which just fills me up so much inside. She came to pregnancy yoga until she was term, so 40 weeks of pregnancy. She did her body balance religiously every day. Her partner did acupressure points and oxytocin stimulating tricks that they learned in our Appetence Birth Workshop, and they discerned their risk-first benefit of getting an induction or not as the days were ticking over and ended up holding out till she went into labor naturally, which was just amazing. Now, if you enjoy this episode, I would love to see in the form of a written five-star review below. Let's get into the episode. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast, Rhiannon. It's not a problem. So you have, we know each other because you've come to all the workshops and stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, and you had your baby girl two months ago now. Did you want to start with um, the start of your pregnancy and how you found out and what you sort of did from there? Yeah, um, so we oh, we just found out just through a pregnancy test following a missed period, um, probably about five weeks, I guess five weeks into the pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and something we sort of knew was going to come at some point, we just stopped birth control and yeah. that happened, but that probably took a good like eight, nine months for all of that to sort of, I guess your body to yeah, reestablish routine and everything like that so yeah we found out I think early December last year um awesome yeah so right before Christmas um and then I don't know where to go from there yeah it just it was like a bit of a shock for us like we weren't super prepared and didn't really know what to do because we weren't actively trying yeah yeah awesome had you had many friends at the time that had gone through pregnancy and birth and everything like that or heaps cool yeah so lots of local friends um who either were pregnant at the time or had given birth recently that's so fun Mm. that's so fun i think that's always really nice going through this little um phase of life when heaps of people are around you as well yeah and i think just to sort of ask questions i guess because you're so unsure and you can ask someone who's been there before you and then i've been able to give that same advice back to my other friends yeah who are now pregnant so exactly it's quite nice Exactly. That's awesome. So how did you go about, when you found out you were pregnant, how did you go about sourcing what sort of care you wanted to have through your pregnancy, whether it was midwifery or obstetric or? Um, well, because we hadn't planned it as such, like we didn't have the private cover, so we knew yeah. we'd be going through the public system. Yeah. Um, and a friend of mine had been through the midwife group practice, mm. um, and so she said that she'd really enjoyed that experience and just advised to get referral through the GP perfect um so yeah we just went to see the GP um as soon as we had the positive test and requested that 
referral and we were lucky enough to get accepted because I believe it's quite difficult to get onto the program. So, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you guys for getting onto it early mm, as well. That's yeah. fantastic. Oh, great. Cool. So you went through MGP at school. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And then where did you go from there when you decided you wanted to do um, like some preparation for birth, you and Crispin? What did you um, do from there? Uh, we did quite a lot of our own sort of research into different um, avenues for education. Like we knew the hospital yeah. and its education through that program, but a lot of that wasn't until quite late in the pregnancy. So, yeah. And because of COVID, like it was all virtual, um, like we weren't getting offered any face-to-face yeah. education um, through that program. So we just wanted to get our heads around some other ideas Awesome. I guess a bit earlier because like neither of us knew what to expect coming into pregnancy totally. or birth. Totally. Um, so just looking through online, um, and I think a friend of mine had done your yoga classes oh, cool. through pregnancy um, tests, and then so she'd recommended that. So I'd been looking into the pregnancy yoga, and then I think found yes. your workshops through there. Awesome. Um, and like I looked into a couple of like hypnobirthing and. Um, calm birth courses and whatnot, um, but probably did more just in my own research, listening to podcasts on hypnobirthing, just to understand yeah. the theories behind it, but didn't necessarily yeah want to go down that avenue. I guess fully, totally. but just to kind of understand the concepts and good ideas, and just create our own exactly sort of way to manage and get through the labour. So good, she's wrestling around in there, isn't she? <laughs> Cute. We'll get her in a second. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Okay, cool. And you, I remember when you came to me, you guys were definitely sure you wanted to have um, a natural birth. What sort mm-hmm. of lent you on to that avenue? You've already always been quite naturally led or? Um, with most things in life, um, to be honest, prior to falling pregnant, I think had you asked me about giving birth, like the idea of having a natural birth would have like scared me. Heck yeah. Um, and something that I wasn't really ever keen on doing and probably a younger version of myself would have just been set on always having a cesarean and not having to go through that but then since falling pregnant I think getting that connection with the baby um, and just enjoying minimal intervention I guess Mm. through all of that um, I kind of got excited I guess about the idea of birth and just to see how I'd cope with something because you can't compare that to any yeah. other challenge that you take on in life and heck yeah yeah so I was just looking forward to that process I think and that's why we decided to continue down yeah that path awesome isn't that interesting how yeah it was almost like the fact of being pregnant having those hormones kind of connecting with your baby you just swapped over mm. that's really nice that's yeah really I never nice. thought that that would happen but yeah um, but I think like I'm a fairly competitive person <laughs> naturally and so yeah. I think I just had this drive to sort of see yeah how we'd go through all of that and how my body I guess would cope being pushed yeah to its limits wonderful mm. wonderful yeah that is um that is a cool challenge to do isn't it yeah really cool so I know that you came to yoga I think it was up until 39 or 40 weeks mm. and um and I didn't see you after that and I was like oh my gosh I should baby what's Mm. going on and then it turns out you went a little bit over the 40 weeks which whatever that even means but do you want to tell us about that and how you felt mentally going through that going through the yeah like um because when did you end up having her at what gestation 42 weeks so leading up to that how did you feel um it was good all the way probably up until 41 weeks because we had that um snap lockdown around 41 weeks so um I'd still I'd started maternity leave at 36 weeks, but still had the avenues of um, like training and going to yoga and doing like quite a few social things still at that point. And yeah, I had a dream pregnancy in the sense where I didn't get any sickness. I, my body didn't really get any aches or awesome. whatnot. It was really just like the size of my belly. I think that stopped me doing yeah. things in the end. Um, but yeah, I was still training up until 40, 41 weeks as well at the gym so good um and then we hit the lockdown where then we couldn't do anything yeah um and by that stage that like, we were so ready to meet her um and have her come along and mm-hmm. I think we just sort of hit this point where we were like sick of everyone asking has she come yet have you tried this yeah. remedy to speed up the process and whatnot and yeah so I think once 
it lifted and there was no sign of her coming yeah you know anywhere around that 40 41 weeks yeah it, everything lifted and we just kind of hit away from yeah. going out like none Stop of us really went to the me. gym or to anything like that because yeah we were just so mentally over it but like yeah. physically I think my body was fine and could have continued on yeah with it but it was more just the mental yeah of like waiting for her to come along and yeah just answering the same questions over and over again isn't it tough. and other people's like kind of anxieties and whatever and constantly asking you then makes you question it and you wouldn't mm. you weren't even like kind of thinking about it before i think yeah. people need to be super aware of like when they talk to pregnant people exactly what they're saying because people yeah. just and just their opinions i guess on having the pregnancy yeah go for two weeks over your due date and whatnot yeah so you just don't want to have to justify why you've decided exactly because initially i'd said if she comes late like I'll book an induction at 40 plus 10 yeah and then we got to 40 weeks and I was like oh I don't know like I'll think about it yeah got to 41 weeks still no sign of anything progressing yeah it just wasn't at the point where I wanted to force her out so yeah my mindset through it all changed a lot interesting Um, but we ended up booking it for 42 and probably more so just because my parents were coming down with Mm -hmm. all the COVID lockdowns and whatnot Mm. we just didn't want to risk them missing an opportunity yeah to meet their granddaughter and yeah. whatnot so we ended up just booking the induction yeah for 42 weeks so cool. we at least knew if she didn't come on her own we'd be meeting her by yeah you know 42 plus one or whatever it was yeah she was going to be born so so how did that go from there how did your labor start um so the Monday night before she was... So we would have hit exactly 42 weeks on the Tuesday. Okay. Um, on the Monday night, it was like I'd had no signs, like very minimal, like Braxton Hicks, like maybe a couple little cramp pains over like the last few weeks of the pregnancy, but nothing that I ever thought mm. was labor commencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd had dinner with my parents. Um, they left. We watched a movie. Mm-hmm. No sign of anything. And then... The movie finished about 10 o'clock at night um, and then I got an onset of these cramps but they were quite significant sort of cramps probably coming every like seven to ten minutes or something um, over the next hour and you know we did what they recommend in like going to bed and trying not to pay too much attention to it but it was just so painful I couldn't even sleep through that so I got up and Crispin yeah. stayed in bed and that lasted about 20 minutes before he came out because he was getting really anxious that something was happening. Yeah. Um, Don't let me miss out. No. <laughs> and I think I'd ended up calling um, the midwife by midnight, I think was the first phone call through because the contractions had then gotten to like three minutes apart. Great. Um, within that time. Um, and again, like... It's going through that the first time because like, you don't really know what to expect. Like we were like, is this really labor or is this something else? And it's not until it gets yeah. quite intense that you feel confident enough, I guess, to um, necessarily make that call. Heck through, yeah. Even though every, like all the staff and the midwives are so friendly and like no one would get angry at you for calling, but yeah. you just don't know and it's so uncertain. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we made the call at midnight and it was probably just managing with doing some of like the positioning that we'd done in your um, birth workshop. Yeah. Um, in and out of the shower, just with the heat to help with pain management. Awesome. Um, and just a lot of, like, breathing. But, yeah, the acupressure stuff really helped. And, cool. Um, the rebozo and all of that we were doing here at home to get through. Legend. What um, points did you enjoy the most? Um, oh, I just enjoyed the – there was a couple on – the ankle was it yeah Yeah. sp6 yes down the ankle um i just really like this one in between the thumb and finger web space but i always have even prior to pregnancy have just enjoyed that massage and the feeling in there yeah um liver force yeah so we were just doing a few of those just to kind of take my mind off it and then crispin being a chiropractor was just doing some stuff like with my back and neck and that just to sort of help with pain management awesome through there wonderful Mm. cool and yeah so they just said to keep doing what we were doing at home um wait until the contractions were probably two minutes apart and Mm -hmm. a minute in um duration so um 
again, we just kept going through all of that. And then we made the call at one o'clock. So it was within the hour that it had then progressed to there. And it was getting intense. quite intense at that point. Um, and it was almost like clockwork. Like Crispin could sit there with a timer and just count down the rest breaks. And then, you know, be like your next contraction is coming in five seconds and it would right on time he'd time it through the minute and then it would end and I'd rest so he was awesome to have almost like a little coach like in my corner (laughs) he would have been in his um element yeah (laughs) um so that was good that's pretty amazing how much yours was like clockwork because sometimes it is but sometimes Mm. it's quite sporadic too oh it was just we couldn't believe like reflecting on it now just how he yeah. could use that with the timer and stuff and I think that helped me a lot with getting through it yeah um and yeah so we called again at one and they said um that from that point we could come in whenever it yeah. got too much to be here so they just said call when you're on your way yeah in um from then so um I think we lasted about another half hour yeah um, and then called the hospital on the way in and so we were in maternity unit just after two o'clock awesome i believe um and did have a slight um like dip in the contractions when we initially got in um but that didn't last long and then they sort of kicked back up yeah pretty quick Um, wonderful and then what happened when you got to maternity what Um, did you do like from there well i wanted a water birth um well Mm. ideally wanted a water birth if you know, we could go with that. And I knew that there was a chance with her being so far over that if there was any meconium, like, cause my waters hadn't broken. Yes. I hadn't had like the show yet or anything like that. So yes. um, we we're still waiting for all of that. So I knew there was a chance we may not get to have the water birth, but um, they filled the bath to get in just from a pain management Wonderful. side of things to hop in. So um, they pretty much filled the bath straight away. I just hopped in and spent a fair bit of time awesome. um, just in the water um, which was really nice. Um, I think I think they checked me before I got in the bath. Yeah. I think I was four centimetres dilated. Great. By the time we were in there. That's good news. Backtrack, backtrack on that. I know. I would have been devastated if they were like, oh, nothing's really happening. Oh, God, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I'd done a, tried to do a stretch and sweep at 41 weeks. Yeah. And they were like, it's still tight shut. Like we can't even do it. And I was like, so that was a bit disheartening <laughs> at that point. So I think had, when I had the um, check in the hospital, I was like, oh, this will probably break me if yeah. nothing's happened. Yes. Um, but yes, yeah, so we were four centimeters. So we knew we were on the way and then just so good. hopped in the bath um, for a while. I did get out like to go to the bathroom and then just felt the position of sitting on the toilet really comfortable. Awesome. Um, and didn't want to move from there for quite a while. I remember awesome. just sitting and Crispin came over, he's like, are you okay? Because I was sat in there for quite some time. I was like, yeah, I'm just really comfy. <laughs> sat here. I can see why, like, people do enjoy that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, eventually got back in the water. I did end up taking the gas. I couldn't tell you what time mm-hmm. I asked for the gas. Yeah. Um, but, again, don't think I was using it to its full effect because I was still breathing a lot through my nose. I think it was just something to take my mind off it or just to clamp down on with my teeth during each of the contractions. Awesome. Um, So, yeah, I couldn't say whether it gave much effect or anything like that. Um, So, yeah, we just spent the next few hours. And it's so nice there in the birth suites. Like, we just had the room to ourselves and the midwives just sort of coming in every now and then to check in. But it was just the two of us. Awesome. um, I love that. With the bath and the dim lights and everything love that good Um, job and then I don't remember them calling um Carly who was my lead midwife yeah um but I think they had noticed a change maybe in my body language or behavior or something yes they offered me another check at some point um probably closer to five o'clock yeah in the morning just before then um so I got out and did have the check at that point yeah um and she was like, oh, good and bad news. Like, you're fully dilated, um, but your waters haven't broken. And, like, there was about, like, this much of, like, the sack before the baby's head. Yeah. So she was like, you're going to have to get – that's going to have to push through before the baby starts pushing down to come out. So I was like, oh. Yeah. Right. So I didn't really know what to expect from there and how much longer yeah. it would take. Um, but I think at that point – I don't remember them telling me and Crispin – I don't think said they were calling Carly to come in, but they did 
mm-hmm. call her at some point. Yeah. Um, because she said, yeah, she felt, I think, quite rushed to get in because they thought I was still going to be labouring until well into the afternoon. They oh, were, really? Yeah, that's what they'd said on review. They were like, we thought you wouldn't give birth at like four or five in the afternoon. Um, Even though you were 10 centimetres at five in the morning? I think before they'd done the check. Oh, like, I think, sure. Yeah, and then they did yeah. the check and they were like, oh, maybe we've got a call. Yeah. Carly to come in. That's pretty phenomenal that you dilated that six centimetres in like Three or four hours, yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably in about three. Yeah. And then Carly turned up somewhere between five and five thirty. Awesome. Um, I don't remember when she arrived necessarily, but um yeah. all I remember was she came over at one point and mm-hmm. sort of it was like game on. She was like, All right, you're not gonna like me, I've gotta take the gas off you, we're gonna turn around, we're gonna start pushing now, like this baby is coming. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, cool. And so I'd sort of felt that feeling of, um, yeah, and I guess that urge to go to the toilet, which is sort of yes. what I said, is when you're ready to um, start pushing. But I think I was just so consumed with everything, like I couldn't vocalise yeah. or really say yeah. that that was happening and she was coming. Yeah. Um, and so I, I assume that's when Carly had come over and maybe realised that, like, all she could see. Yes. That, like, that you're doing ready. that. And, yeah. Um, this little baby was coming out. Um, so, yeah, she, again, prepped me. She was like, look, if well, when the waters break, once you push them through, if there's any meconium, like, we're going to have to get you out yeah. of the bath, um, which I was really hopeful wouldn't happen um, and didn't, thankfully. Like, we started pushing and we saw the waters break and they were clear. Awesome. Um, so we could stay in the water, which was so, so nice. Good. Um, so the waters broke as she was descending from the open cervix through the vagina. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. Okay. So like I, you could see it was like sort of like the sack. Like I saw that come out and then burst. Wow. As it came out. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't mm. it? Isn't that cool to see? That's actually not very common to happen. Yeah. And like, yeah, so you could see the little bulge and yeah. it just ruptured um, under yes. the water. And then by that point, they'd put a mirror down and you could see that, like, her head was then right there behind Awesome. Um, so then, yeah, commenced, like, the pushing, yeah. like, the contractions to get her head out, um, which I think in hindsight, because I'd done so much prep and spoken to people and I'd listened to a heap of podcasts about birthing, yeah. I'd anticipated, like, this pain and the ring of fire and whatnot, yes. and maybe I'd built it up to be so painful in my head but um yeah. like it definitely was painful yeah um but I don't think it was to the extent that I awesome mentally prepared for awesome um, <laughs> but it was just exhausting work like yeah pushing the head and then you know the kind of disappointment when it would go back in yeah you get the next contraction and you'd push it out and then it would come back in. yeah and so just working through that for a bit and then eventually um midwife was like okay on this next one when you push like the head was coming out sort of like halfway yeah she was like when it's out when the contraction ends just keep bearing down like don't let the head go back in yeah and try and hold that until the next contraction okay Um, and because they'd been like so consistent it was good because crispin could kind of count me down because that was probably the hardest part was holding yeah that hand there because it was just a constant stretch and pain obviously in that area totally um, so like half of her head is out of the vagina. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you could just see it there. And then Carly was like, just hold it there, hold it there. On the next one, the head will come through. Yeah. Um, and it did on the next contraction. Awesome. Um, so then it was out and that was a big relief awesome. to get that. Um, we actually got it like Crispin took a photo of behind. Because both of us didn't amazing. know whether we really wanted to watch any of that and yes. whatnot. But he just thinks it's the most amazing thing. Legend. I thought um, he would. In hindsight. And it's pretty cool to have a picture. Like it's a yes. of Just on top, like from you in the bath with your legs spread and this little hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing, isn't it? And yeah. like you'll never get that opportunity yeah. again with, yeah. with her at least. Yeah. yeah. It's um, incredible. Good yeah, on you. So we've got that. And then um, they were just kind of prepping for the next contraction. They were like, her body will come out on the amazing. next one and be fine. But like I must have just been so physically exhausted. And I think because it went from like nothing, like no contractions or no signs yeah. to then just really intense level of contractions. Like I was yeah. just exhausted. And I think it was a good four minutes 
they said before my next contraction so I was just sat there with her head out in yeah. the water and then I sort of came to a bit more we were like is she okay like just sat there under the water yes they reassured us to say as long as she's under the water she'll be fine yeah um and then yeah eventually after about four minutes yeah the contraction came and she was born and amazing yeah straight up onto the chest yeah so we picked her up uh, and brought her up and you know, she was crying, but not a really strong cry. Yeah. Um, so they just said they were a little bit concerned and they wanted her to just get a bit stronger with that. Yeah. Um, they were just trying to, I guess they were like rubbing her a little bit and yeah. seeing what she would do. Um, and then eventually I remember someone was like, oh, I think this is what's happened. And they looked down and like the umbilical cord had snapped and was kind of just dangling from her. That's was, right. Yeah, like cut. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then looked in the water, and there was a lot of like, and obviously the water makes blood look worse, yes. but it was a lot of blood. Yeah. Um, like very red. And so I just remember they took um, the baby off me and mm. rushed her over, and they called the peds team. Mm-hmm. They attended pretty quickly. Um, and then they got me out because they were worried that I'd hemorrhaged maybe, and that's where all the blood totally had come from. Um, so, yeah, poor Crispin, he just he didn't know who to go to because he's like, I don't know who they're more worried about. Yeah. To support and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so they checked um, Maya and she was, like, she'd lost a bit of blood because it had just come straight back out. Totally. Cord, but then it had clamped itself so it wasn't continuously Definitely. Um, running out. And then they checked me and I was fine. It obviously was just the blood between the placenta yeah. and the baby that had ended up in the water. Um, but she was back with me within six minutes. Fantastic. I'm glad um, to hear that. Yeah, she Wonderful. was just very pale. She was very white. Okay. Initially, um, they were a bit concerned that maybe her blood sugars would be off, but um, yeah, that was all okay. And cool. She got a bit more pink as the day went on. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they checked me and I was all okay from there. Um I think I didn't have any real tearing. And that's part of the other prep we did was um, a lot of the perineal massage as well. Um, We'd done that from 35 weeks. Yes, Um, from 35 weeks. Yeah, I think think so, 35 or 36. We'd done that once or twice a week. Wonderful. um, Just through there. And um, I attribute that to having no... I had um, some, like, grazes, like, on the yeah. labia, but, um, no perineal tears or anything like that. That's amazing. Yeah. Especially as a first-time mum. Well mm, done. Yeah, so they put some stitches on the grazes and stuff just to yeah. help them heal, but, yeah, no, nothing on the perineum, which was good. And I wonder if that helped with, um, that ring of fire feeling not being so intense? Possibly, because it, it definitely was uncomfortable yeah. doing the perineal massage to start, and it got yeah. better and better. As Amazing. The weeks went on. Um, but yeah, I could sort of, it was a similar pain, just obviously more intense yeah. with the birth than doing the massage. But, so cool. Um, but yeah, I am recommending that to Legend. any friend um, just based on my yeah. outcome with it. So, and the thing is, it can't hurt. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. It's a little bit weird at the time. <laughs> you get used to it. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. It's about to get a whole lot weirder. Yeah, Exactly. Awesome. So, did you get that first feed in the first like hour or so? Would you say? Um, I think I think so because she was back with me pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and then they had her there, and um, we just got back some skin to skin, and yeah, she would have had a feed within the first hour. Wonderful. Um, Good bird, Baba. <laughs> so exhausted. Um, yeah, and they looked over everything. Like they ended up, because um, they got the placenta out pretty quick, just in case yeah. there was any issues. So I had the injection um, just awesome. to get that going. Yeah, um, and, and at that point, like I wasn't too fast. I was more concerned about her being like the baby being okay and whatnot. Yeah. So had the injection. I actually don't even remember feeling any pain or anything with pushing the placenta out like awesome it seemed to come out quite quickly because people had warned me that that can be a bit yeah. difficult and um like painful with that but i don't recall any pain awesome with any of that so that came out really quickly um and then when they looked at it like it was all fine it was just a really short cord yeah when they had a look at the length of the umbilical cord yeah overall. so um 
the team reviewed it like quite a few times that morning and then the next day and whatnot and yeah. all they can think is that the cord was just very short and it was potentially always going to snap like just to yeah. have the length to yeah. get through because they reviewed how I picked her up and they didn't think like it was yeah. a forceful thing or anything like yeah. that it was yeah. just the length of the cord but um awesome but yeah again and like I'm glad I did give her the time to come naturally like yeah. in hindsight now because um, even looking at the placenta it hadn't calcified at all like it was still very healthy she didn't yeah. look like an overdue baby yeah. at all which was the feedback from um the nurses in there like the middle <laughs> excuse you <laughs> Got that on record, Baba. <laughs> Play this for you when you're older. Yeah. Um, yeah, they didn't think she looked like an overdue baby. Yeah. She looked like a baby that was born on time. So I think that either was just the time she needed yeah. to grow. And had she come earlier, like I was hoping she would have, like mm-hmm. she just would have been very small and mm-hmm. probably needed a lot more support in those early days with feeding and everything than what she did anyway. She would have been tiny yeah. as well. She was only just over three kilos. Isn't it amazing? So you had her at 42 weeks, but you went into labor at 41 and six. Yeah. So like, imagine if you did you know, um, have an induction three days earlier. Like the situation just could have worked out totally different and yeah. you could have ended up probably getting out of hospital at the same time, if not later. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that's just so wonderful. Good on you. And that's so nice in hindsight to look back and be proud of your choices. Oh, and I think having been through your workshops and stuff and just, um, I guess, feeling confident to make those decisions and know that like it awesome. is okay and not to... And the um, midwife team that I had, like, they were very supportive of all of that. Awesome. <laughs> Maybe jump that one. And not um, necessarily, like, doing stretch and sweeps really early. And yes. And inductions really early. Like, they were very happy for me if I didn't even want the induction at 42 weeks. Yeah. To continue and wait. So good. On her own if that was my choice. So, so good. So it's nice to um, have that knowledge, I guess, through yeah. that um, system. Whereas, I think, had we not done that course, the only other advice in education we sort of got maybe from the GP and whatnot was you know if the baby's not here at 41 weeks then it'll be looking straight yeah. into an induction you know? yeah. so that's sort of the course and the thought patterns that a lot of people have I think definitely outside of that so I'm really happy that we kind of stuck yeah. with that decision and, and let her come wonderful wonderful so then you um had that first breastfeed and how's your postpartum period been since then so you're now two months in Mm -hmm. um physically i've been very lucky um likewise with the pregnancy and i think um training as much as i did through the pregnancy and for as long as i did um helped me get through um and bounce back i guess well i don't want to say bounce back I don't like that term very much, but um, it's helped me feel really good. So probably about a week after um, giving birth to her, like I felt physically back to my normal self. And, like, Amazing. And I could have gone back, you know, to doing yeah. some training and, and getting out and walking and whatnot. And I think that's what made it harder for me mentally, I think, with the postpartum stuff. Um, yeah. Just with feeling, I guess, a bit isolated, particularly when Crispin went back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, with me feeling so good and like I could go out and do stuff but trying to do the right thing by not pushing it yeah. too soon and you know not wanting to take baby out when she was so little and yeah. whatnot so I was like I'm housebound but I don't feel like I need to be housebound yeah I just struggled um I think mentally with that yeah um, probably a bit of jealousy of you know Kristen getting to go out and yeah and sort of not walk away from the baby but just to have a moment where you know yeah. your mind's not 100% focused heck yeah on someone else and so that was a big change for me um and then we just had some struggles with breastfeeding and you know a poor latch at the start and um, yeah like my nipples were quite damaged within I think by day three okay um, they were really sore and to like that night and I could tell my milk was coming in and the hormones were kicking in and I was in so much pain. I remember saying to Crispin, like, I physically can't feed her. Like, it's that sore. 
Yeah. Um, but lucky, um, like the milk wasn't in completely, so she was still on the colostrum and only having like small amounts to fill up. Yeah. Um, so we'd had some expressed um, antenatally, and yeah. I was then hand expressing um, some colostrum for her, and we were sort of just feeding her through a little syringe yeah. to get through that night. And, you know, it was so stressful, and the guilt that you feel that you feel like you never imagine yourself going through yeah. that and the guilt of not being able to feed your own baby, you know, yeah. three days into the journey and whatnot. But Crispin was so good and, like, I'd never have got through without him there. Legend. To help him do all of that. Um, so it was definitely awesome. a two-man job, you know, getting her fed and everything for those few days. It um, is such a two-man job, breastfeeding. Hey, like, their yeah. dad's... Um, sometimes feel a bit useless but they are just as necessary as the mums hey yeah and he was even helping like with like getting the latch and everything at some point like when we were struggling with that and you know the midwives were very supportive um you know they came out and did extra visits if I asked them to just to review the breastfeeding side of stuff and um I guess it's hard because it's you don't get a lot of support if you want to look at other avenues that aren't breastfeeding like because we were yeah. we went to a bottle at one point and you know they don't really advocate much for bottle feeding in the early days but um that was the only option we had yeah I was in so much pain and yeah. you know I just physically couldn't do it but you're very much encouraged to get the latch better and keep feeding yeah it'll get better it will get better you know try not to use the bottle don't use a nipple shield don't yeah you know, so I, felt, I feel like support could be yeah probably a little bit in that way it's like we're only going to help you if you're breastfeeding and if you're not then you're in it on yeah, your own yeah she had a little bomb yeah <laughs> feels a little bit like that you know and that's not to take away anything about how supportive they are as yeah. a team I think it's just when if you can't breastfeed or you're yeah. trouble there's just not a lot of support for yeah. other short term options yeah um, when it's needed but yeah I think if the breastfeeding wasn't so hard maybe I, I can't say like maybe mentally I would have felt a bit better but yeah you know it was at a point where I was like oh I just dread the next time she wakes up from a nap because yeah. it's so sore and you know once Crispin had gone and you're here on your own yeah with the baby and you know you're not comfortable and yeah you know, and you're and thinking like, every feed it's like have I done enough is she fed yeah that's just like such a a fear isn't it yeah and I was like oh I don't want to dread my own baby waking up yeah you know, I enjoy that time with her and yeah I think once I could sort of admit that you know it was okay to not necessarily like every element of yes having the baby and you know that postpartum stuff like you can love her yeah you love her and you're doing everything you can but you don't necessarily like every element of yeah that and I, I definitely didn't enjoy those first couple of weeks or yeah. the element of those first couple of weeks heck yeah um because you get this picture painted like this newborn bubble and everything's so amazing yeah that just wasn't the case yeah for me and so I struggled with that for, yeah you know wondering like what why heck yeah it wasn't like that and then once you can sort of admit that it's okay yeah to feel like that absolutely that feel a lot better but it took you know probably the better part of like five or six weeks for me to feel yeah a lot better you know and accept all of that yeah and then knowing that then at six weeks I could look at getting back to some exercise and yeah and having some time back for me which has been really important and yeah and helped me mentally a lot how did you start getting your head around that fact that it's okay um, to not be in love with every aspect and that's okay? Like, who did someone initiate that thought in you or did you just come to that? Um, Crispin definitely helped me get awesome. to that um, You know, and him just reassuring me that, you know, I was doing a good job. Just yeah. the feeling he was like, just kept saying, think about where you were two weeks ago. Like, look how far, yeah. you know, the feeling has come even though it's still a bit painful and still a bit difficult, it's better than it was. So, yeah. you know, him just reminding me of all of that and yeah. just pointing out, like, all the other good elements yeah. that we had through there. Um, and then just talking to some other mums and yeah. mum friends that I had who had been through not necessarily the exact same difficulty, but whether it was issues with mastitis or mm-hmm. poor milk supply and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, 
and just seeing them um, who, like, even reflecting, like, they can still get quite upset over how they felt yeah. at that time, just knowing that I'm not the only one Yeah, like that through that period. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another friend, like, who through um, a couple of pregnancies just hasn't enjoyed the first you know, a few weeks and mm-hmm. whatnot. So um, yes. it is very common and I think that helped. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I think that's such, such an important point to get out there. Mm, I think so. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think just letting people know that it's okay. Yeah. To, you know, feel that way and feel like yeah. you need a break. Because and... guilt as a mother is something... Um, I would imagine that's different to guilt in any other circumstance mm. of life. Yeah. Yeah, and just something else that, like, I'd obviously never experienced before. Mm. Um, you know, you meet this little baby and you're suddenly responsible. Yeah. 100% for keeping them alive. And, yeah. And, you know, you're their food source and their lifeline through all of that. And, yeah. You know, you've got to think about... And it's through the pregnancy, you know, you're constantly thinking, oh, should I eat that because it might... Yeah, something to the baby, and then it doesn't end because then you've got to be mindful of you know your milk supply and not yeah. having too much coffee and not having yeah you know too much of other things and you know you don't want to go to pumping and bottle feeding and mix up your like mess up your supply yeah too early and you know so it's just a lot to take on. It is. It is a lot. That. It's a freaking huge responsibility being a mother. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's just stressful, and you know then if you feel that something's not working. I yeah. can see how easy it is for, you know, the guilt to then set in on people because, you know, you're worried that you're the reason yes. that, you know, that might be ha- happening, I guess. But, um, yeah. yeah, just reminding yourself that your baby's happy and healthy and, yeah. you know, as long as that's the case, then yeah. you're doing something right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then when you got to six months, did you start training again or what's been your kind of getting your independence back a little bit um yeah my biggest thing was being able to get back to the gym um, yeah and probably just being able to have like an hour to yeah. myself like I could take her to the gym if I wanted to we'll go to like some mums and bubs things but um, yeah it's just been and Kristen's been really supportive of that from the start of me just being able to have time for me where awesome um as much as I love being around her but to just not be thinking about the yes. baby you know her not least, being number one for a second yeah, yeah just to have like an hour hello an hour where you can do your own thing and absolutely and all that so i um and there's nothing wrong with that like that doesn't mean you love your baby less or anything like that no, which i exactly. think a lot of mums may think and they yeah. think that they're not allowed to feel like that or act on that yeah. because it means they don't love their baby as much which is so not mm. the case yeah i know and i think it um helps me to appreciate the time with her like I get home yeah. and you know I've missed her for that hour or the two hours yeah. that I've been out and and then we have a little like a feed and it's really nice and you know, yeah. a bit of a play and I think it's helped to just enjoy some of those elements a bit more yes um, through getting out but um yeah I just I saw a women's health physio who I saw during the pregnancy great um, as well and then saw her at six weeks great just to get cleared um to go back to training good job um, that's something i hugely recommend is seeing a women's health physio yeah and yeah. just to know like because you think you could be doing your pelvic floor exercises right but it's so easy to be doing them wrong heck yeah um and just to and training such a big thing for me like i just didn't want to go back and push too hard and then end yeah. up with bigger like longer term consequences prolapse or something yeah. yeah yeah um so did that we're still like low impact and no running yeah. in that for an, until 12 weeks and then get reviewed yeah from there but um yeah so i was gonna ask that for other women who want to get back to training like what's been you went and saw women's health physio and then what like activities have you been doing um since since that six weeks um I've yeah wait so um cool just down at the gym doing like the functional training sort of thing so yeah. um, just lighter weights than I was before and I think it's yeah. a lot of it's about being mindful of like what you were doing prior to pregnancy or during the pregnancy and yeah. you know sticking to lower weights from there so some people will be capable of more I guess mm-hmm. than others in that postpartum but um, totally but yeah doing a lot of walking um yeah weight-based stuff um starting to do some core exercises to help I didn't get a yeah. full ab separation but there's definitely a weakness 
okay. at the top. So doing some core exercises to help Great. strengthen that. And the biggest thing is probably just being mindful of your pelvic floor through exercise. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I just started like a Pilates with um, physio at morning light. Awesome. Um, is that Caitlin? Yeah. Yeah, cool. She's one of my good girlfriends. Yeah. Is she your women's health physio? No. So okay. I, had, um, I didn't know about her um, as a physio when I went during the pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and I did one of her, one or two of her um, prenatal yeah. um, exercise classes as well, which I enjoyed. Awesome. Um, and then, yeah, she just does the reformer stuff. So I got back yes. to that yesterday. So good. Which was so nice. Good. And just to get used to the cueing of how to activate your pelvic floor yeah. through the exercise so that's so really important. helpful because you know with the training it's easy to forget and would be very easy to yes you know go too hard and not stick with it awesome yeah so i definitely recommend seeing a physio though just for the reassurance of yeah knowing that everything's okay to go back to heck yeah because um, it is a huge trauma yeah that your body goes through and absolutely mm, absolutely huge stretching of that pelvic floor yeah and you don't want to so running is that a bit of a blanket rule 12 weeks or um i'm not sure i again i'm not like an avid runner like i yeah. only run little bits if it was part of the gym conditioning yeah um, and maybe because i'm not fussed whether i get back to running you mm-hmm. know straight away um she'd recommended to just leave it another six weeks or so mm-hmm. um but to be honest like i feel like my boobs are still tender and whatnot and yeah. it just doesn't feel very comfortable to run anyway, so I'm yeah. not too fussed. But I think other people could get back a little bit earlier, maybe yeah. if running was more important yeah. to them. Um, I didn't quite ask whether that was just a blanket rule, mm. but I'm not opposed to being overly cautious when it comes to yeah. you know, your recovery and whatnot. Heck yeah. Um, after the baby. Good on you. longer term, everything will be yes. better. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we have a bit of a precipitous birth round. So a precipitous birth is a quick birth. And I actually saw you liked their little um, sound bite I put on my Instagram about quick labors. Mm. Did, do you remember that one from my last birth story? Yes, yes. so it sounds like you had something kind of similar with a nice quick birth. So first thing that comes to mind, what was the hardest thing for you to give up or cut down in pregnancy? Um, I don't even know. I didn't really change too much with it. And the foods you had to cut out are things that I don't eat a lot of in my diet. Probably just being more mindful about like caffeine intake, like having to stick to like my one coffee. I did go off coffee for a few weeks, which, you know, I hated because I love my morning coffee (laughs) and whatnot. So, um, six weeks where I just couldn't stand the smell of it, um, and then ease back into it. But that was probably the worst, like just yeah. being mindful yeah. of that. Not um, being able to just go ham on four coffees a day or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Did you get any weird pregnancy cravings? None. None? None Funny. at all. Like I probably went, I'm a very big sweet tooth. Um, yeah. And I just didn't really want as much sugar ah. through the pregnancy. Like I ate more savory yeah. foods, but I wouldn't say I craved anything. More of the A versions. Yeah, just mm. didn't really want, or I'd eat like one piece of chocolate and be satisfied. Which yeah. never happens. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm the same. But yeah, the want for sweets has come back since. Yeah. The baby. I think my body just needs the energy and the sugar yes. every now and then. So, so um, good. It's definitely back now. But um, Awesome. Yeah, no, I was waiting to see if I got any yeah. cravings, but yeah, I didn't. Didn't get any at all. How funny. How funny. What's your biggest tip to birth simply? Um, I think just not overthink and not be so set um, with how you want your birth to go. Like I found just having ideas of, you know, how I'd like it to go, but just being open-minded into the possibilities of what could happen and just accepting that to then not end up being really like devastated if you know it doesn't quite go totally and because i could see how you would and then how that could take away yeah i guess from the experience absolutely um, through all of that all too often that happens so that's perfect being fluid and you just um what's the word i'm tired words aren't coming to me that 
you've just displayed that so perfectly throughout your story as well. Not being rigid in your ideas and just going with the motions. I think that's yeah, so and I good. Think it like I only have good memories of that birth. Like I loved everything yes. about it. Like looking back on it now. The best. And it did go mostly how I wanted it to yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah, I think just being open-minded. So good. That's the best thing. So, so good. Um, and last one, what's your biggest tip to parents simply? Oh, with your whole two months experience. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Not that I'm any expert. Um, but I think just let go of expectations of what people or society in general, yeah. social media put on you. Um, yeah. I think that's the biggest lesson that I've learned is, you know, your baby is so unique and, you know, awesome. what needs and how you recover and how you go through that phase is going to be so different yeah. to your friend or, you know, um, that person that you follow on Instagram and yeah. whatnot. Um, and to just, yeah, not have any expectations and just yes. let your partner, I guess, help as much as they can. Yeah. Um, and you get through it. Awesome. Exciting. Thanks so much. That's all right. And that's a wrap to our birth story, Rhiannon. I really hope you enjoyed as much as I enjoyed recording it. My biggest takeaway for this one would definitely be how Rhiannon described her postnatal transition into parenting and being a mother. I just thought the way that she described that was so powerful and super real super super real and I think that that is something that a lot if not most of women would go through and it's just so nice to be able to talk about it and be on the same page as someone rather than not talking about it thinking that it may be abnormal or different exactly how Rhiannon described where she almost felt um, like a bit of an outsider in how she felt adapting into motherhood and then opening up to her friends about it. And thankfully, she had great friends to talk to about it to make her feel okay about it. And I really hope that this podcast could almost be like that friend is to her, just to make you feel like it's okay and it's okay to be different and um, you are on your own journey of motherhood that is nothing like anybody else's. So, Anyways, I also really enjoyed um, how her tips on how to maintain independence postnatally, um, which is just so vital for a mama's well-being. And some people learn that lesson within the first two weeks, like Rihanna did. Some people learn that lesson at two years old when they realize they haven't left their baby since they were born. And you know, I just think the sooner the better that you can start on this maintaining your independence train because it is so important, not only for you, for baby, for their development, for your relationship with your partner and with everybody else in your life. So yeah, love those two points. So if you liked that episode, I would love to see in the form of a five-star written review. And until then, next time I chat to you guys, it'll be the 1st of January. How freaking wild is that? 2022. I will see you there.